Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash Talking Dogs. Hello and welcome along to episode 12 of Talking Dogs on Thursday with myself, uh, Barry Drake. And we've got another real special guest this week and it's none other than one of Ireland's leading trainers uh, for quite some time now. And that's Mr. Paul Hennessy. Paul, many thanks for taking time out to speak to us on this week's podcast. You're more than welcome, Barry. No problem. Delighted to help. Just talking off air, Paul, I'm always interested. I think people are always interested in how it all started uh, for, for Paul Hennessy. So take us back to the very start. Um, it started by accident, really, Barry. I was a farmer apprentice. I spent two years in Cork, one in Bandon and one in Middleton. And my third year was in, in Belliestown, Delique, County Mead. And I have a brother-in-law that has always kept greyhounds. I only had a passing interest in them, to be honest, but... I got a mad notion that I'd get a dog and um, I asked somebody in the locality, point blank, just out of accident, out of you know chance, who would train the dog and they gave me a man's name, Benny Cavan, who got me good to the man who's deceased now. But anyway, I gave him the dog and um, he started training him. I was working as a farm apprentice that time in, in Bellistown. And I used to call around every so often and, and just see how the dog was and all this carry on but Benny he ignited my interest in it the way he was going on about with the dogs and training them and would you believe that's where I met Susan as well she's Benny Kavanagh's daughter so it all came together Barry I got a wife and a lesson in greyhound training as well all in the one thing so that was some going there it was the fascination of watching Benny train the dogs and the way he exercised them and how he fed them and it just completely consumed me to be honest um, and we went on from there and that's really how it happened Yeah and um, your earliest I suppose memories of heading along two tracks Yeah we, I used to go race with Benny then after that you know Harris Cross Dundalk Navin the older tracks and that and it was great fun um, I really really enjoyed it as I say I was consumed by a, a passion for greyhounds a lot of people that I suppose find that you know when you get involved with the dogs they kind of can take you over they're just such a fascination with them and you know it went from there as I say we used to go racing in Dundalk and Navin and there were great people going racing those times in those places and we really enjoyed it and as I went on from there I finished my studies as the farm management thing and I gave it up I went back to training greyhounds and what what do you think is, is the difference between a, a good and a not so, or maybe a great and not so great trainer, Paul? Ah, I, I look at I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't reflect in it that way. I just I, the way I look at it is, you know, you could be lucky to come across some very good greyhounds. Everybody that has a dog is a good person with a dog. You know what I mean? And you just have to work with 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 the dog you have. You know that kind of a way. I mean, yeah. For years we went with whatever dogs were there. I mean, look at I was still a some very average dogs here in the kennel, you know, and, um, you know, but it comes down more to the dog, Barry, I think, than, than the individual, really, because um, I remember the first good dog we had, I didn't think we could compete at the level we were supposed to be competing with, Trade Union was his name. You know, we, we got to a champion stakes with him. He won the Red Mills on race in Kilkenny. Um, he got to the final of a champion stakes for us, and we were in a final with Matt Travers, and got be good to Matt, and, Francie Murray and Matt O'Donnell got be good to him too and, and um, you know Brendan Mullen and all these people and I didn't think it was possible that we could compete with them but Ernie as we used to call him trade union pinged the lead on the night and the rest is history he went and won the champion stakes for us so you know it's, it's, it can be like that a good dog will help you out 
good dog will make you look good, you know what I mean? But um, it all comes down to the, the dog more so than the individual handle them, I think, you know what I mean? Good dogs will make good trainers, the same as I say with good horses will make good jockeys, you know? And there must be a lot of pressure um, on a trainer, Paul, because obviously you, you need to pr- provide results for owners. Yeah, yeah, it comes with the with the with the job. You know what I mean. You learn how to live with it and deal with it. Um, you can satisfy some people. There's no satisfying other people. Doesn't matter what you do. You can stand on your head for them. And, you know that in, in life. You yeah. know what I mean. And that's the truth. That's basically the way it works. I've never really trained out to satisfy people. I did I, maybe on occasion once or twice. And when you do that, you come down between two stools. Can't be done. You have to go with what the dog wants or what the dog needs. And the owner has to accept that, basically, and that's just that's what it comes down to, in my yeah. opinion, anyway. And, yeah. Um, when you compromise those decisions, you're not working off your own instincts. Then you know what I mean, and then that's when the flaws will start to appear. Look at the flaws will appear anyway. Even when you do what you think is best, you still won't get it right every time. Yeah. And wh- basically, if 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 the tail is wagging the dog, um, it doesn't work. Yes, and we all love the, I suppose, the the big nights and all the big tracks around the country, Shelburne Park and, and Curraheen Park and all the amazing tracks we have in the country, seeing dogs doing these big flashy runs and big successes. But the work that goes on behind the scene, uh, Paul, is just unbelievable. It's every day of the week. Every day. And, um, you know, you have to be responsible. You have to make a decision. You know, you have to give up. Well, I don't know. We were lucky, I suppose, myself and Susan met when we were young, and Susan was born and rare to the game the same, you know, even more so than I was. So I remember when we were getting married, Paddy Ryan, the race manager of Shelburne Park, said to me, you're lucky. He said, you know, she was rare to the fact that you're going to be missing a lot of the nights, you know, and that, that does help, you know what I mean? Um, it can put a strain on social life. It can put a strain on marriages and different things. You know, if a person has to be gone you know, three or four, when we were busy, like maybe five nights a week, you know. And um, all those things come in on, we were, as I say, we were blessed from the world go. I say, Susan was used to having, her dad was away racing a lot, and then I suppose I was away racing, so she just took it in her stride as being normal, and that definitely helps, you know. Yeah, I know. Um, sounds like a, a great team and uh, early success, uh, Paul. There, there has been so much success um, over over the, the last, I suppose, twenty years, even going further uh, beyond that. Um, but just tell me some of your earlier success that um, would have meant a lot to you. Well, definitely, I suppose um, trade union was our first, you know, major achiever that we got, and we bought him more or less by accident, Tony Howard was kind of looking for a decent dog. I didn't realise he was. I was just telling him there was a good dog running Kilkenny in the Red Mills and we ended up buying him and he ended up winning the Red Mills for us here. And that, that was a great um, excitement and a wonderful achievement. Um, I bought a little dog off of Jimmy Mokler then in Turles, an Olympic. I cannot think of his name now, would you believe? But anyway, he, he, t- he turned out to be a very good dog. He won a, a stake for us in Shelburne Park and I remember thinking to myself that that was probably the most important success we've had at that particular time. He won the Guineas, then he really sponsored the Guineas. And um, he he won that. It was about 5,000 pounds stake at that time, which was a decent stake now. But it meant a lot because, like, you know, one dog can kind of, you know, do everything for one person. But when you win a kind of a biggish competition with a second dog, then it was a major help to our career, like, you know. Of course, yeah. Then... You know, Mr. Pickwick came along and he just 
he took everything to a new level. He was a flying machine. Now he was very much a summertime dog. Something like Priceless Blake. You couldn't run Pickwick in the winter months. He'd cramp and the cold weather he'd tie up. But in the summertime, he was just a flying machine. He won two laurels for us on the old track. And, you know, he was a hard dog to train in the sense that he, he physically he was an easy dog to train. But he wasn't a good trapper. You bring him to Shelburne Park, he'd walk out every night. Cause he just, I don't know what his hearing was poor or what it was. But on the old track in Cork, uh, on the Western Road, the lure used to make a knot of noise coming around behind the traps and that helped him to come out or at least he knew when it was coming then you know what I mean but he loved the old car track he won two laurels they say he actually reached the final of a third laurels and um, no other greyhound has ever done that and he um, his last piece of work here on a Thursday we used to bring him to the race course that time and let him up the back straight in the race course just for a change of scenery and his last piece of work was wonderful and um him back home and put him back in to the kennel let him out about an hour just for a piddle and that and Jay-Z was walking with a limp with the vet in hit pulled the TFL muscle and we had to withdraw him from the laurels but anyway we had a great time with him he was a great dog you know um, my heart just be in my mouth every time he ran because if he didn't come out if he wasn't in front before the third bend he wouldn't win and um, I remember one night in Cork uh, he was in his second laurels I think and a friend of mine had a bottle of water in her pocket. I had to take the bottle of water off and take a drink out with a bottle of water. My tongue was stuck to the roof of my mouth with nerves going down to the kennels to take him out. And, you know, there used to be a huge crowd used to follow him in Cork that time. Jenny Max was massive. And um, just the pressure of him not starting and having to be front at a certain stage of a race. But look, at it all worked out well. And, and when he finished racing, I swore I would never again get nervous over a dog running. Wow. And yeah, oh, and that, honestly, God, you should tell me. And, and it has worked ever since. I just take it. Thank God, it just doesn't bother me much anymore. Yes, it, sound, it sounds like great days. Because um, the win back to back laurels, obviously, it's such a special event here in Cork. But um, that that's incredible to do that. It was, yeah, yeah. He was an incredibly fast dog. He, he also won the big puppy stake and war for the broke track records everywhere he went. But as I say, when the hair was running, your eyes be on the traps and would he come out at all? He was a terrible bad dog to start and there was no real reason for it, but he just was. Yeah, talk to me about the, the Late Late Show, a dog that caught the imagination of the, of the whole of Ireland. I remember even growing up and, and watching him and some amazing commentaries as well from Michael Fortune. He was an, another amazing dog. Probably go to Michael, a great friend of ours. But I mean, the Late Late was complete opposite. He was a joy to train there was no hassle he just you know even though it was huge media attention on the dog and everything else he was a much easier dog to train because he was so talented it was just unbelievable um, he started off in his first few races I remember the idea was to get a dog to run for charity for the industry and um, Ray Harney had a great breed of dogs and I had trained the late late's mother and his grandmother and his grandfather would you believe and they were all good dogs to win races and uh, I recommended this dog, and Michael Field said to me, was I sure? I can say it now, I couldn't say it at the time, but anyway, he said, Spiral Nikita, you might struggle to keep them going, coming from behind the whole time. <laughs> and I said, well, there's nothing I can do about that, but Spiral Nikita himself was a brilliant dog, McLeeson, got be able to make it from Torlis, he owned them. Uh, probably, you know, on a different tangent, the most impressive unrest performance I've ever seen to this day, in nearly 50 years looking at them, was Spiral Nikita's first run in Kilkenny. It was unbelievable watching him. You know what I mean? A puppy making his debut. And I know there's a lot of fancy pups being making the boos in recent times and the tracks are quick. But for me, anyway, the night that Spiral Nikita landed in Kilkenny was the most awesome performance I'd ever seen from a pup and still is. But 
Anyway, the late late was by spiral, and um, I said to Michael Field, there's nothing we can do about that, we can take a chance. And then when we took a chance on the dog, and he was beaten in his first eight races. So that wasn't a great start. But in fairness to him, he was beaten first time out in Shelburne in 28-98, which was a good run. He's only beaten ahead. And Jack Mooney was there th- at that time, and he was the rep for Ladbrokes. And he offered Pat Kenny a charity bet of 500 quid and him a 2-1. To win the Derby the following year, and he came off within six inches of it. So it was a great story the whole way through. He won the Gold Cup, the Easter Cup in the 600. He was beaten in Champion Stakes. He was beaten ahead in the Derby. Unbelievable! Twenty twenty seven wins, I think. He was a great dog, um, and he was so easy to train. He was so talented; it was ridiculous. Um, he was. He was brilliant. He hurt himself before the lulls or pulled muscles in his back before the Champion Stakes, rather, and we never really had him at the same pitch again but look at it is what it is he had 16 in a row marked up he won four grade one competitions he beat like in his year in Shelburne he won the Gold Cup the Easter Cup the Ladbroke 600 he broke the track record over all three distances yeah. when- he was beaten the four to finish in the Champions Stake and he was beaten the four to finish in the Derby so he was only beaten the neck overall to win all five majors in Shelburne Park in the one year Wow, un, un, unreal, Paul. But when you're when you're winning all these kind of big races, obviously, look, you've you've a list of all these major events. You've won everything in greyhound racing. You must feel on top of the world when 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 things are going right. Uh, look, as I said to you, Barry, it's really down to the greyhounds. You know, uh, you know, anyone would have trained the dogs we had, and that's the truth, or have, or whatever. You know, the biggest thing was not to try and make too many mistakes. You know, and they were just wonderful dogs, great owners that gave them to us to train and stuff like that. And um, you know, yeah, you can you can't win with us. Like driving up the road in the car. If you were driving a fifty cc car, well, the lad with a hundred cc car nine times over ten will pass you out, won't he? So we were lucky that we had some very good dogs down through the years. There's no question. And and trying to mind them was all we had to do, really. And it doesn't always work out. I have a dog in the kennel at the moment, a dog called J T Taylor, and he's, he broke the track record in Limerick last year in the first round of the legend. It's possible he's the fastest greyhound we've had in all those years. I tried him in Cork before the Derby final last year, and the run he did was scarcely believable that a dog could do what he'd done. And um, he went to Limerick then on the fastest time of the year and broke the clock in his next run. He hasn't run in 12 months, you know. So you have to be lucky as well as having the ammunition, as I say. You know, he just went from one niggly injury to another, and you know, before you know it, the season is over. And if he doesn't come back for the ledger this year, well, then his career is finished, you know. And that's all from just pulling muscles or doing something, nothing major. But um, you, so you have to have a fast dog, or you have to have the local to go with him as well. Yeah, tough game at times, certainly. Um, it can be. 2007, Ty- Tyra Rhino winning the the Boyle or the PaddyPower.com. We better get this right. PaddyPower.com Greyhound Turby um, back then. What was Paul Hennessy thinking before that final? I'll tell you what I was thinking before the final, Barry. We were three in the final. Um, great dog called Arkill Jamie, who had won, you know, he'd won an Easter Cup again at 600 at Laurels. He won the Constellation of Derby the previous year. He won the, the big puppy on race day for Shane Murphy before we got him. Great dog. Uh, he was in it in trap two. One McKenna was inside in trap one with um, one of Dalton's dogs. But there was a dog in the race called Groovy Stand that I used to have, that I'd bought for people. And he, we brought him to Sunderland. We brought him to Scotland first, and he was second in Scottish Derby. And I brought him to Sunderland for the Classic. It was worth 40,000 sterling. 
and Stan was going down the back straight in the final and got a slap going into the third bend and didn't like it and he came up to home straight to join the dog in front and instead of going by him coming to the line he looked over 40 grand on the line and he looked oh at beside him <laughs> and Malky Daniels got to go to Malky he came along and he offered to buy him off me give us a good price from no mind but anyway Malky bought him to take a chance on him the owners we had from were disgusted with him obviously after turning his head but he walked away with him and lo and behold he got to the final of the Irish Derby so we had Tyre Laurel Tyre Rhino and Art Jamie it, in the Derby it was important to win that one Paul and all week long I was saying to myself as sure as there's an expression that I can't use over the radio crap in the goose that groovy stand will come out and win the derby but anyway thanks for the god we managed to win it with Tyre Rhino um, Express Ego I think was Owen's dog that's right Arkel Jamie they clashed the minute they left the boxes um, if they were drawn the other way around you know it may have been different but anyway they were drawn the way they were and they clashed on the run to the first corner and they put one another kind of out of the race and Tyra Rhino got around the front of Laurel and that's the way they finished and it was fantastic you know to win an Irish Derby there's no question about it yeah and um, yeah such a, an, an unbelievable event so important to win that look there's been so much success we could talk uh, for, for the night about that but we have to touch on your first English Greyhound Derby success with uh, the brilliant JT Jet. Yes, and that was a long time coming, you know what I mean? And some people never get to win it. And it was very, you know, there was years when I said, coming home at Wimbledon, I'm not going back next year. You know, that's the heartbreak that it was. And it was great that it came right. And I was standing below at the, at the blue doors, as we say, near the way room, which would be the third bend watching the race. And um, Jet came down past me and drifted on the bends. And I said to myself, well, that's not how you win a derby. But in fairness to him, he got back up along the straights. And one is he's, he was shoulder and he had a hip and Martin Lanny in fairness to Martin came over and for the week of the final and stayed with me for about three days and went through the dog regularly for me and, and helped enormously to get that dog over the line. Um, you know, we missed an Irish Derby with him. You know what I mean? He you know, he just he was sore in the hip and sore in the shoulder, but like it's in the final, you have to try and go for what's left and in fairness to the dog he is such a huge engine that dog that um, he was able to, you know, he lost a bit of ground on both bends, but still he managed to get up on the line where it mattered. Yeah, it was another a special moment. Then a couple of years later, you you done it again. Sure, I was sure, to be honest, that we were beaten. And I just, you know, you're so deflated putting in six weeks and maybe another week or two on top of it with trials and everything else. It is a huge effort, um, an English Derby. And um, no, thanks be to God it worked out for us. It was it was amazing feeling when it happened, when the result was called and we were up. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And um, a couple of years later, uh, last year, 2019, Priceless Blake uh, doing the business for, for Brian and Kathleen Murphy. And uh, that was another great occasion. Yeah, that was fantastic because it added, Brian and Kathleen have been with us since we started training Greyhounds um, through Tick and Tin. Um, owners like Brian Murphy and Kathleen Murphy don't come in pairs. You know, the fantastic people to train for to take defeat and victory in the same stride, which is very rare. And there was times, you know, when dogs would get, pick up maybe an injury or a sickness and they were ruled out of a competition. And we just park it there and carry on and go on for the next one. And, you know, but the English Derby was always a huge ambition for Brian Murphy. And I'm so happy that we managed to win it for him. Honest to God, it kept my career of all the other victories you know, and they were super special, the whole lot of them, I don't want to take from anything, but winning the English Derby for Brian Murphy was, 
you know, a huge, huge thing for the family here because, as I say, he's been with us so long and it was his major ambition, you know. And most times you don't get to achieve your major major ambitions, you know. It just it passes you by, but thankfully that one didn't, you know. Yeah, it's sure. It's nice to, I suppose, repay someone that has been so good to, to you over the years. Sorry, yeah, and it's just lovely to have, you know, it's lovely to see somebody, you know, we had won an English Derby, but it's lovely to see somebody winning an English Derby that wants, or to win anything, it doesn't matter what it is. Just to achieve their lifelong ambition, it's wonderful to see to full, to see somebody fulfilling it. It's like someone playing sport and wanting to play in Crow Park and maybe somebody wants to win an All-Ireland or a jockey wants to ride the winner of a derby or something like that. You know what I mean? And that was the big one for, for Brian, as I said, the whole time always was an English derby. And as I said, it was great for us to be able to be a part of, of, of that happening, you know. Yeah, and uh, the good news um, this week came that um, Priceless uh, Blake is going to enjoy a happy retirement. Well, that's the plan. Um, you know, look, he, he doesn't like cold weather. Um He's like as all I suppose, but he wouldn't perform as well in cold weather. He does in warm weather, and uh, we tried the laurels farm. He ran well throughout the competition. He put in some lovely performances. Um, the other night, then he missed the start and he didn't get back into it. And I knew that you know it was a cold night last Saturday night, and I just said to Brian, maybe we should you know call it a day. And it was an easy decision to make because I say he's four years old. Um, he gave us the night you know in 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 Nottingham that. You know, he, um, the thrill of a lifetime. To be honest with you, it was a great derby and a great derby final, and he did very well to win it. And you know, he's grand. He's uh, he's full of his health. There's not a bother on him. He's beyond lying in his kennel and his duvet, and he's happy out. So he won't miss going racing in the cold barry. I'll tell you that much for nothing. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see plenty of cold weather now in the coming months. And yeah, but he hates it. He hates the cold weather, and you get dogs like that. As I said to you in the start, Mister Pickwick was one of those. He dreaded cold weather as well, and he was a great dog in the warm months, but in the cold weather he'd cramp or tie up. Now, Blake wouldn't cramp, but he just doesn't like the cold weather, so. Yeah, and speaking of the Laurels, Paul Hennessy is still involved um, with Beach Avenue. Yeah, it's an amazing thing, really. Like, there's something I don't understand about ground racing, and, and um, the fact is, he we bought him in Kilkenny for Pat and Austin Healy, um, owners are always a good while, too. And he was disappointing. There's no point in saying it when we brought him out of it to Kenny to Dublin. He ran some ordinary races. He used to run very well after bottom two bends. I don't know why. But anyway, um, he we were a bit scratching our head as what was going wrong and all this. Now, I knew he stayed six bends, so we trialed him over six bends. And I brought him to Limerick, and I, he won a graded race, and I put him into the, um, the 750 competition they had down there. And he won the first round of it, and he led in the semi-final, and JT Tornado, one of our own dogs, actually, would you believe, came up beside him in the semi-final and interfered with him, turned him for home, put him out of it in the um, Cambridgeshire. So when I dropped him back to four bends, he he has taken off. And I've seen that umpteen times over the years. Don't ask me how. I cannot explain it. Sometimes that maybe putting dogs over six bends makes them run better over four. And I don't understand. I've said it to team people. A lot of people have agreed and I've asked them, can they put a figure on or a finger on why that is? But I don't know. I remember even going back to the late, late show, we tried him in two 750s. He led in both and he didn't stay either of them. And when I switched him back to four bends, he won 16 of his next 17 races. So 
I'm not saying that Beach Avenue is a late, late, but he's running a bit like him, but he's he's genuinely short of a bit of early, but he, he's flying home in fairness to him, he really is. He sure is, and uh, he's exciting to watch coming home, and I'll, I'm sure you'll be hoping he can just get into the first three on uh, Saturday night. It'd be amazing if he can, Barry. Now his clocks are good. The last twice he was only beaten in four finishes in 28-20, but... You know, when you are short of early and you're a wide seat in Cork, you can often be traffic down around that first corner on the outside. But look, we'll take it as it comes now and see what happens, you know. Wishing you all the, the, the success with our best luck with him on, on Saturday night. It'll be great to see him uh, progress to the final because I know you always enjoy going to Cork. Uh, Cork is one of my favourite, and the people in Cork, and I'm not just saying it now because your radio is there. I started off in Cork as a youngster at 18 years of age. And the farmer finished his game in, in, in Bandon, in Gortin in Bandon with Teddy and Carmel O'Mahony. And they're still very good friends of mine and the O'Donovans. And uh, we had some great sport down there. We were meant to be working in it, but I think I can just remember all the fun we used to have, you know. So You've you've made some great friends down through the years, uh, Paul. You're, you're known all over the world um, from, from Greyhound enthusiasts. But um, our sport, we've got the, the most wonderful people involved. Ah, fantastic. I mean, the crack that we have when you go down to... To Cork especially, you wouldn't want to be too thin-skinned now, Barry. <laughs> the boys are well able to put you in your place, but it's great fun, it's great camaraderie. We all compete on the track and we leave it out on the track, but we all have great fun. Well, I know we can't do too much socialising now with the, with, the, with the way things are, but before I go, Barry, there's just one thing I'd love to say, is, uh, you know, to, to about Bart, you know, you know, um, Bart Leahy, you know that he passed away yeah. too too soon altogether, and there's characters like Bart that makes the Greyhound game. Um, and as I say, he sorely missed it when we all meet below in Corksdale. His name comes up every night, and it sure does. Yeah, yeah very very what, sad. What makes this work great is probably good to poor Bart and him his family and the rest of it but like as I say we'll, we'll have to rock on well said yeah and I suppose before we finish up Paul um, look you've got uh, it sounds like you've got a, a great family operation you've got great help at home what are their hopes and ambitions going forward uh, look to be honest with you I'm never that ambitious and that's been truthful I just let things happen as they were and things kind of gathered momentum and we drove them forward over the years but over the last couple of years we've stepped back from it a fair bit you know so Kevin is with by the sports, Laura then our next lassie, she's a doctor in Dublin, and then you have Rachel and Shane Dowling there, hopefully ploughing the road now, to, and they're, they're doing a great job with the dogs at the moment, so, you know, it's great to watch them taking it on, and um, our next three then are in college still, so the family are kind of rare, and Susan and I then, and Michael English has been with me from the very start, you know, we just walk away here, tipping away, doing our own thing. We don't have the numbers that we did have. Um, I don't want them, to be honest with you, Barry. Yeah. You know, um, we have a, a lovely kennel of dogs, um, good owners, and, you know, but not as hectic as it used to be. You couldn't stick it. Like, I know. 60 years of age now, and, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to do five and six nights a week now like we used to do. And you have a lovely mirror as well to look after. Heaven help us, who was back in the winner's enclosure over the course of the weekend. I'm sure you got a mighty kick out of that. Unreal. Now, to be honest, we bred her here and John Turner owns her, you know. So that's something that we kind of drifted into, you know, over the last number of years, one or two of those, the horses. And she has been super special. The, the journey that she brought us on last year was just incredible. And would you believe most of it happened by accident, like finishing second in a grade one, I just entered in it for something to do and it cut up into a small field and we took a chance. Um, the race in Cheltenham that she won 
it was a maiden her, John Turner lives and his wife Michelle live near Cheltenham and we just said we'd go over for a few days actually and we brought her as well. We used her as an excuse to go over and Danny came over, Danny Mullins and, and um, she won that. And then we went back for the Supreme Novices and to have a runner in the Supreme Novices is, you know, way above anything anybody we could have ever dreamt of. And she ran great. She finished seventh after getting trouble. So, and she won the other day for us in the, um, in the beginner's chase. So, where will we most likely see her next, Paul? Um, actually, it's very possible. We have a ride on a race in Cork, if all goes well, on the 1st of November. There's a grade three um, novice chase. Um, she seems fine. She's come out of a race lovely. And look, she's very easy, Barry. Now, she'd want to be for us to be able to do it because it's a different discipline. And, to, you know, to spot a problem before it becomes a real problem is... I know, is yeah. For any training, and I just... You're well able, Paul. You're well able. You know, but we'll probably go to Cork now all going well um, on the 1st of November. That's that's the kind of a target anyway, Barry. Yeah, it'll be great to see her back in action. And uh, Paul, look, it was um, fantastic to speak to you. Yeah? You look, as I said, you've won everything um, in the world of Greyhound Racing. We're looking forward um, to seeing Beach Avenue in action back in Curraheen Park on Saturday night. And uh, I'm sure there'll be loads more uh, Paul Hennessy su- success in the coming years. Many thanks for joining us on the podcast. No bother, Barry. You're more than well. Talking Dogs on Thursday with Barry Drake. For all the latest Greyhound racing news, check out grisland.ie forward slash talking dogs.